podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We all have different tastes in music. Some of us like hip-hop, some of us like vaporwave. So shouldn't we all be able to have different wireless options too? Because while one person might need unlimited, shared data might work better for someone else. And other people could be into having a mix of each, all in one plan. But that's their way, exactly the way they want it. It's your wireless, your rules, only with Xfinity Mobile. Go to XfinityMobile.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Requires post-pay Xfinity Internet. Good evening, afternoon, morning, whatever time you're locking in. Uh, Chessy Hour, Touchline and Frackers, another edition, new week. This week I'm joined by Dan Sock. What's going on, Dan? What's up, bro? I'm good. All good, all good. Mr. Meads. Yo, what's going on? Joe Tweeds. Evening, mate. What's going on? And then this week we got we got Jerry Beaston on from Touchline Frackers, uh, writer for the Touchline Frackers website. We'll be going to get into a lot of a deal uh, detail. Uh, the recent open training session conducted by, by Chelsea, um, by Lampard, by Morris, all of the star. Um, so it should be really, really interesting to hear about that as we get on. Um, yeah, yeah, just to kick things yeah. off straight away, uh, another weekend gone. Um, obviously, we all follow the Chelsea over land, in Joe's case, C, and on Sunday, and Leicester. But we couldn't get the victory part of that song done. Um why was that, Joe? Feels a bit like a, a familiar theme we've had in in the kind of couple of games we've seen under Lampard. We we seem to do pretty well for kind of the first 20, 30 minutes. Don't really take advantage of, of sort of the situations we find ourselves in, and then we kind of burn out a little bit with the sort of the high press in the second half, and we kind of allow opposition to assert themselves and, and maybe convert some some sort of mini half chances they get. Some sometimes when they turn us seems to lead to to pretty decent you know chances on goal. So. Yeah, it, it seems to be like a, just a recurring theme of, of, you know, what we've seen so far. And it was disappointing, I think, the second half, you know, for, for how good we were maybe for the first 20, 30 minutes. I think Leicester were, were more than deserving of a point um, and could argue that they could have probably won the game at the end. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's worrying to Especially see. Especially that Madison chance. Exactly. And yeah, the Madison yeah. chance was, was massive. Um, but it, it's, you know, something we need to, we either need to take these chances we get earlier um, or it, it, I think you know for the next couple of, uh, of weeks we're going to see sort of very very similar themes in, in games that we have. Uh, Meads, how much of that um, sort of good twenty five, poor sixty five, as Lampard described it? How much of that can we attribute to the Super Cup hundred twenty minutes of Wednesday before? And how much do you think we can sort of attribute to maybe teething problems, lack of planning, mm. etc. Um, 
think the the Chelsea boys they they put a lot of effort into the the, the Super Cup, so I don't want to take away too much from it. I'd probably say maybe around 40 max. Um, I think that's quite significant because um, obviously in the Premier League, if your performance levels dip below, you know anything other than 100%, then you're going to struggle. Um, the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, were, obviously, I think we, we dominated the game. We blitzing them, really. Um, but again, it's just one of them ones where if you can't tuck away your chances and you ain't got a prolific scorer in the team, then it's always going to happen. Like where, Especially in the Premier League, where every, every team has got quality. Every team has quality and every team can punish you. Um, so it weren't a surprise really that after the initial le- high level of imp- the high level of pressing that we had after a night after 120 minutes against Liverpool, and then you have to fly back. It weren't a surprise that it died out pretty quickly. Um, well, those mentioned we, we kind of went on a little blitz. Um, where that's a sort of United. We looked okay on the ball, but quite naive and a bit vulnerable. Started back with a four-three-three Mason mm. Mount to the left a bit um, again looked a little bit more comfortable with that with, with Mount Licence to sort of recognise the press and like he did from Diddy on the first goal in that opening 25 where did we find the most success what kind of silver liners were you there where you were like okay I see what we're building towards um, for me the intensity um, it's quite clear that Lampard wants to play with high levels of intensity but my problem with that is that eventually you're always going to fade out so whether it's in the game during the game or over the course the season, you can't keep up that level of intensity throughout 90 minutes. So there's always going to be issues when it comes to te- other, the other team, your opponents, obviously preserving their energy. So if the game's not dead and buried, like a 3 or 4-0, um, there's a big chance that teams can come up, like they can grow into the game and cause you a lot of problems. Because I don't think like, we're very, very secure. Um, but I do, I, I understand where he's trying to go. I understand what he's trying to do, but for me, my worry is about the sustain- sustainability. I'm not entirely sure if it is sustainable um, f- like throughout a game or over the course of a season. So that's my main take and my main worry mm. about it. Mm. But we'll just have to okay. wait. Dan, I'm not sure. Dan, something that I haven't really seen covered, no one's sort of talked about this at all. Everyone's kind of talked about uh, intensity levels mm. and um, yeah, press getting broken down, changing to the 4 2 3 one how much of it maybe, and this is maybe more concerning, mm. is it that we've got a, a coach who's inexperienced, which isn't a slight on him, it's a fact. Yes. And the the way which we came out for the second half and they came out clearly knowing the spaces to exploit, yeah. knowing the players to exploit, they looked like they had a proper coach in their halftime saying, right, we're going to do this, this, that and the other. How much of a worry is it that Throughout the season, we're going to be, as much as we have some quality, going up against experienced coaches, coaches who know how to manage in-game, coaches who have that mm. many more reps, that much more experience. Is that something that maybe played a part last weekend and yeah. should be concerned about? Yeah. Or, or yeah. is that me reading too much into things? Yeah, I mean, I feel like definitely, I feel, um, do you know what, it's almost like the first game, I, I spoke about it on the last pod, um, when Mourinho kind of mentioned the compactness of the team. And Mourinho was almost saying that this is like the ABCs of coaching. So like to, for someone to come out and say that, that's kind of reference to saying this is inexperienced. And that was the first game. 
Then the second and game... Everyone was going on with that being viral, like, oh, this is so clever. But if you're managing a Premier League team, that should be basic. Exactly. It's patronising to a point. But this is, this is what I'm saying. It's almost like he's learning basic things. So, like... Um, the the game against Norwich, and in fact, all all three games, everyone said, yeah, tw- the first twenty minutes we've been good. Which, to be fair, if we remember Sari when he first came in, he'll say like, from minute zero to minute sixty, we played my football, and then we just need more games, and we'll play more of my football. That never came out, but it seems like because um, I think even as mentioned it, he said, okay, maybe we can't press as hard for that long. But everybody knows this. This is this is basic. And even if everyone doesn't know it, we saw Liverpool do it with Klopp. So it feels like Lampard is learning basic things. Like one of the reasons why I was happy for Lampard to come in, because I thought we had a smart manager. You know, everyone came out saying, yo, this guy, he's got A stars in, in A levels or whatever. Yeah, uh, but a Latin GCSE is yeah. only getting you so far. This boy. is what I'm trying to say. But I don't know. I, maybe I convinced myself <laughs> that his Brampton manner kind of like grades kind of, you know, meant that he was smart and that he'd pick up things quick, like quicker. But I don't know. It, it feels like we might be every single match learning the basics and taking, and maybe not even implying them, but, um, like applying them because the second game, when we switched to a 4 3 3 when we had Kova, uh, Jorginho and Kante, we were good. We controlled the game. And then he kind of, he switched it and tried to put Mount in. Um, I don't know. Maybe Mount did a good job, but I feel like, why not just keep that midfield? I know he played 120 minutes, but... Kante, you know, didn't play the first like game, so I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of inexperience, and I'm worried. Shape. It definitely felt for me watching a bit strange that we were we were losing control of the game more and more. Jorginho did particularly knackered. Kante looked as tired as I think I've ever seen him, and then we went to the midfield where we looked more exposed for the last 23 minutes of the game. I was a bit like, okay, is this kind that of naive attack is the best form of defence thing? But, uh, I mean, it didn't that, work that, from... That was scandalous. Obviously, Lampard was trying to chase the game and trying to win the game, but for me, that's scandalous. Of all things you could do is, in a situation where Leicester are growing into the game and dominating us, really, the second half will dominated. Give Madison more space. So, after they, after they scored that goal, it only really looked like they were going to win the game. Really and truly, if we're, if we're keeping it a buck. Yeah. Mm. Um, so then changing to a, a 4 2 3 1 where our midfield was getting overran. Again, I think it's one of them ones where I think Lampard, in a sense that it's not even Lampard, I think most managers, they, they do this thing where they believe that Kante is this infallible creature who is two people. And it's, it's just cheating. Again, I've, it's one of them ones where you think, okay, Lampard. You'll move Mason Mount because you've already got basically three midfielders in there because Kante counts as two. And you're going to assume that he can cover up the spaces and Mount could try and get the Kante as well, as good as his conditioning is, he has 20 minutes pre-season, 20 minutes against United and then 120 and play the weekend after. It was a wild decision, a wild decision. And again, the moment that we switched to that, it was just, yeah, they were all over us. All over us. I think a lot of... A lot of talk has been on, on this transitional year with the inexperience or relatively and the youth of the players. I guess coaching-wise is something that we'll have to see if, if the same kind of allowances are made for that. Just just to sum up quickly, because we have a lot to get through, just succinctly, how concerning should it be that probably the biggest rival or the biggest team to with the threat to take on the top six, I think with Wolves in Europa League and Everton still finding their way through things, how big a concern is it that they completely outplayed us for 60 minutes of a game and we should be looking after our shoulder? 
Um, do, you, do you know what I say? Um, I think in the first, obviously, 20, 20 to 25 minutes, um, I think there were signs that this team has, like, obviously the, the potential to, 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 to do well. I think the concerning thing is, um, and maybe something that Sari touched on as well, is when you start to, in, in, obviously in the game, you're not going to be at peak fitness for the whole game. So when you start to lose your physical fatigue um, or your physical fitness, uh, you should be able to keep your mental sharpness. So, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of energy to, to look up and play a pass and make sure that that pass is going to hit, hit the target. And against Leicester, there was a almost like a 20, 30-minute period of just sloppiness. And it was just both teams just giving the ball away. And I feel like... Just, just, as a training sports psychologist, I'm going to be really biased and say that fatigue of the mental side is the first thing to go. But I definitely hear what you're saying in that the management maybe wasn't wasn't quite there. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like we need to learn to manage the game better. And I thought I thought actually Jorginho would help with that because he's sort of our metronome, the, the orchestra of our midfield. Jorginho um, came off and then we were if, worse. If, if, yeah, 70 minutes Jorginho left the pitch and I think it really showed there where we were just clinging on a little bit. Although he was, again, just... And, and I don't disagree with Joe's points on Jorginho as a six. There is that physical kind of caveat. Again, like some of the spaces... Um, that were around him were a problem, and again, it was it was straight runs, which everyone identified as, as a sorry issue. But it's, it's obviously something he's doing. And uh, Joe did kindly remind me that I tweeted him 16 minutes into the game that Jorginho <laughs> is at the centre. All that was good, gorgeous, beautiful. And then after seven minutes, when he got gassed out, we didn't have anything which fit those descriptions. So no worry about Leicester then, or are we seeing this as a bit of a red flag and, and need to improve Sharfish? I don't know. I think that um, we have to be worried. I don't even think we should be like worried about other teams. I feel like we we're still kind of figuring out Lampard um, because it could be a thing where we get it right and we're competing with the likes of Liverpool and you know Arsenal or like Leicester Wolves. We'll have to see. Have to see. Um, so Chelsea didn't come out with a win, but someone who who seems to have done their um, reputation a few favours at the weekend. Obviously, with the headline grabbing, getting a goal, starting. Um, but it's, it's Mason Mount, and it's, it's maybe a bit of a classic thing of, of wider watchers and media not knowing what a Chelsea fan base and just noticing him because he was on Super Sunday. But all the same, there is a lot of talk and the Mount v Madison comparisons, which always will come. We don't need to get into those. But been a bit of England buzz. There is an international um, break coming up. Just generally on Mount, because I don't think he, we've talked about him as a player. We've talked more maybe him within the system and stuff. What level of of prospects are Chelsea dealing with here, Joe? I know you, you've had a keen interest um, in Mason Mount through the, through the youth levels and stuff. Are we looking Lampard two thousand and three or or Jimmy Smith two thousand and seven or somewhere in between? <laughs> um, I think the comparison, at least the, the one that I'm making at the moment, is I think he's either got the potential to be, let's say, Oscar when Oscar was good, so like his one in ten game where he looked like the next big thing or he's, you know, he's going to sort of be kind of a, a halfway player between someone who's probably a decent squad level player for Chelsea or not. Um, I think for, for looking at the the way he's been playing, I think you, you can't kind of fault his enthusiasm. I think his energy levels, his aggression, I think he's very intelligent off the ball, which is not something you normally associate with kind of eight slash tens of his kind of age range. So I think he's got the intelligence. I think now for it's, it's a question of, how he kind of develops and matures as, as a player, how he starts to recognise situations around him. 
I think we've seen, particularly in, in the United game, some of his decision-making, which I, I think will improve as he gets more used to playing in the Premier League, where he could have had a shot, for example, and he, and he opted to pass. And there are little kind of things like that, which I think will need to be worked on over the years. But I think as, as a kind of, let's say, an introduction to the team, my hope is, I mean, I, I loved Oscar when he came into the side. I thought that he could potentially be this sort of fantastic player. It didn't really pan out for him that way at Chelsea for, for whatever reason. But I think that him on his good days is, is the kind of player that I think Mount potentially could be. And I think that's a really, really interesting uh, player that, to potentially have in the squad because, you know, we don't really have anyone similar to him. I think Kovo is is kind of a, a less good version than Georgie and, and Kante is kind of in his own thing. And, and Ruben is, is maybe sort of slightly clear in terms of sort of the attacking side. But, but Mason has... I think very kind of innate defensive kind of awareness. Yeah, defensively fantastic. So yeah, but I, I mean, I'd like to think that he he goes on and progresses and, and maybe becomes one of these sort of like eight, ten hybrids that you're kind of seeing emerge in the Premier League. But best case scenario, that that, that for me is, is where it can be. But you know, it, I mean, that's an interesting point. My my main concern, I have two real concerns with with Mason. Right, the first one is is what you've just alluded to is that he becomes. Um, a bit of a deli alley where he's not luxury but a difficult player to place because I think a lot of his strength yeah. is popping up in the box after a little bit of link play and ghosting behind things. So I'd, I'd be concerned him not getting the responsibility of, of building up as much yeah. as um, a Madison is at Leicester shouldering the responsibility. The main one though for Mount that concerns me a little bit is that when people talk about mm. This amazing decision-making ability for us. Now, that's fantastic. But is an argument that if there's one thing that you will catch up between ages sort of 20 to 25, it's those decisions, it's that ability to play um, and and play at a high level and be, yeah, be measured. Is there a danger that that's what's getting him by and that's what's impressive for the age? But when some contemporaries who are a bit quicker, a bit stronger, a bit more magic, a bit more flair, catch up on that, he could look more average than he is? Or am I being really unfair? No, I think you're being quite fair. I think we mentioned it before that he's one of those new school, I think like prime examples like a James Ward-Prowse technician, you know, clean technically, but I don't think he's like a top level talent by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, um, actually, Cole mentioned world-class. I'm, I'm not convinced, but that's not to say he's a bad player. He's a, he's a good player, and he may become a very good player, but world-class in top, top draw, I don't see it. But he's got the minerals. He's got technical ability. He's obviously got intensity. Um, he's got the phys- physicality as well. But I just think he... There's just something that's just missing. Um, lacks something, yeah. Yeah, he, he lacks that something. I don't know maybe if it's speed or not, but maybe it's not even that important in his role. But I don't know. He lacks a, a little something for me that will take him to that next level. Um, but he's a good player. He's a good player. And I, I, and I, I do think that even at worst he'll be a squad player for us. At worst, for my in my opinion, and you need players like that in your team that come from your academy and they're. They are squad player and they 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 do a role in the team and be happy to do that, you know. And I think he's he can be of that level and he could be that use he could be useful to us in that regard at the very least. So um, you know, I don't think you're being harsh though. My take on Mount, 
quickly, my take on Mount is that I feel like he's a very, he's got a lot of different, as Joe said as well, he's got a lot of different attributes, which is why he can be played in a lot of different roles. So if you're using him as, as like a squad player, that means that he can fill holes. But I, I also think if you look at like Pulisic, like we spoke about last week and how he kind of goes missing from games, I think Mount always, I, I always feel Mount's presence, whether it's on the ball or off the ball. Um, and agree, which, I agree. Yeah, which is why I prefer a Mount to, to like a Pulisic playing because um, apart from that, when he gets in the box, he's a great striker of the ball. I trust him technically on the ball. Um, what Joe said about Oscar, I can understand why he mentioned Oscar because Oscar's very high intensity, plus he's nice on the ball. Um, so I think I think he's a really good player. I, I don't think necessarily he... So, like, I'm sure with most midfielders, you can have all of those um, kind of ability, like, attributes, but a lot of midfielders, it's about how many goals you score. That, that depends on the level you are. So when Ali was scoring 20 goals, everyone's saying he's the next big, big thing. Now he's not scoring, he's shit. So I think with Mount, to be kind of put into that level, he has to bang goals in, which he might be able to do. But if he's kind of being used everywhere, he might not settle into a role. But um, I think for Chelsea, um, I, I like his attitude and I like that it's being rewarded. I just don't want him to play in the middle because Meade's point about the fact that he wants to get in the box and score, I think the stables are midfield. Um, so that's my, my take on it. Well, yeah, that's where my sort of Deli Ali point was in that he's a... He's a player where he, I think he did a good job at the left of the three on the weekend, but he was always looking for that sort of trigger. So basically, any ball that he saw that he could snatch on the left channel, inside left, middle, he went for, which is great. But then if it gets bypassed, there's a problem. And he, he's a funny one to fit in. And your point on not settling, already in three games, we've seen him play left wing as a left-sided number eight and a 10 pretty much off the striker going beyond the striker. So... So yeah, that versatility we'll have to we'll have to see if it becomes a, a hindrance or or a help. But but yeah, a hundred percent. The trust thing was really interesting. What you said there, Dan, in that Ruben lost a sheet. There was this big debate about our oh, defensively defensive phase. He's, he's not as contributing as he should be. It's a big risk for young players. I think just final word on Mason Mount is that he will always prove his value in that side of the game. Not even just intensity. He's just smart, natural instincts. Approaches the ball well, closes down well, and. And yeah, moving from um, from one prospect there where he's sort of solidifying his, his place in the first team and, and potentially with England, it was a small matter of an under-23s game against Liverpool at Stamford Bridge on Monday night. Um, anyone see the majority of that? I, I know that there's a certain Belgian who, who bagged two goals, but um, Tino Anjorin, there was a big performance from him. Castillo yeah, was there. He, he, he was uh, Rudiger yeah. back fit. Did anyone watch the game? And what were your main takeaways from that? Yeah, if we I, could I, steer away from Batshuayi for a little minute, I'd really love. That. <laughs> I, I saw a, a few, um, well, the majority of the game personally, and um, I was definitely impressed with um, Tino Andrin. Um, he looks like he's got quality on the ball. Um, he's got an eye for a pass. He's got he's good with his feet. Um, kind of a bit, a bit like Loftus Cheek, but um, he's a, he's a little different. Um, I was very imp- not impressed, but um, it was good to see Rudiger back looking um, confident on the ball. Um, he played a great ball over the top um, for Michi's um, first goal. Um, and it was good to see the, the quality of the, the under-23s. And they were popping the ball about. They really had Liverpool on toast from the first, the first, the first um, just, few minutes. Just looking at that, that 23 side, 
where would you kind of play the general level in in terms of the last few years of, of Chelsea youth teams? Um, I think the years with um, Tammy and and Ruben, I think that was I wouldn't say our golden generation, but I, I feel like that was um, maybe a little bit stronger. Um, this team, since the under twenty three, under twenty three finished. I think six. I think six last year. Last year. Um, um, so I think. So I think um, in terms of in terms of previous Chelsea youth teams, I think they've still got a ways to go. But there's a lot of strong, um, strong talents coming through. Some who could stake their name for the first team, especially with Lampard as the manager. Cool, fantastic. Sounds good. Um, and I mean, we can't finish sort of the coverage of this game without. Talking about the two goals from Shibashiwai. I watched it. I watched it as well. Now I can come. Right. Now we're talking about bats. I'm ready to with, talk. I was the only one who stood out to you before really? we go on to bats that wasn't. Um, um, actually, yeah. Lamptey, the right back, I think is the right back or the left back, mm. uh, is a young right fullback. Back. Yeah, he was really He's good. Like, yeah. Castillo and um, Castillo stood out as well. He was good. Good delivery. So good just Mark, a quick Mark one on, well. on Tariq Lamptey. If Jay the Silver was considered too small. Lamptey's fucked, surely. Well, uh, so yeah. J- Jada Silva was like five foot three. How small is Lamptey? You know? He looks smaller than Jada Silva. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's he's, a, he's such a good player. Like, he's class. Up and down the wing, he's quality. But my concern for him would just be that straight away. Yeah, for uh, real. It's probably an unfair thing, but I can imagine dinosaur coaches being as unfair. Yeah. So, like... I'm, I don't put that many stocks in young players at this point. I've been burned too many times. But like, so <laughs> we all have. Yeah, don't so, worry. So we all have. I it, still remember being there live and being wowed by Joshua McEachern, and that just didn't turn out well at all. Yeah, same. I was there too. Um, that's the Villa game, yeah. No, okay, but anyway, yeah, Lamptey was good. Castillo was good, as someone said. Um, I I don't think Tino Andrian was great. I think people are overstating his performance personally. Not that he was bad. Um, I just don't think he was like a standout um, player. But they looked good. They were better than Liverpool. Obviously, we had Rudiger and Batshuayi playing. Um, Bats missed some chances, but he scored two, two goals as well. Um, and I think that a lot of the kind of whole uh, narrative now is that, oh, we, like he's not clinical. But I, I think I mentioned it to you guys in the group about how like the two main, two of the main strikers from last season in terms of top scorers... Salah and Aubameyang, they're known for missing chances, but they still bang. Just like statistically speaking, I don't know what they define over, I think it's Opta, what big chances are. But fifth last year for missing big chances was Mohamed Salah. And first for missing big chances last year was Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So I don't know for sure. I'm not a stats man, but I believe a lot of the stats people see attempts in general yeah, as, them, as, yeah, as big an indicator as as um, of goal scoring as anything else. Right. So, like, you can't just, you know, order strikers by, you know, clinicalness in terms of goals to, I mean, shots to goals. That's not how it works in terms of top goal scorers. So, like, we, we what Chelsea need is someone to put away goals. We kind of ran Salah out of, time, out of town because whenever he played, he had loads of chances, but he didn't convert them all. And we know at Liverpool yeah. now, he's that same player. So it's not just about having our most clinical striker up there. It's about having a person you think could score the most goals. Mm. And well, I've got some stats here just quickly that I saw earlier today. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead into you with them, Meads. And you can sort of 
have your have your moment to tell me about how Bats is the answer for that because it's getting to the point where it's it's unarguable. I think um, as much as I may have reservations about aspects of the game, I still think Giroud is our best overall striker. Chelsea this season in the first two games, small sample size, admittedly, but 3.1% conversion rate. Um, that is the worst of any scoring team in the league. Anyone who's worse than that is the two teams who haven't scored a goal yet. For the one goal that they have mustered this season, K would work twice, but for the one goal, they have the biggest discrepancy with shots attempted and goals scored. They've got 16 shots altogether. Six on target out of those 16. So already there's there's a, a red flag there. And if we're honest, the chances that are being created are not bad chances. Yeah. Um, they're not terrible chances. And it is getting to the point where that seems to be the missing piece. But still, we wonder if, if it's going to be a start for Giroud or Abraham or Batshuayi against Norwich. Now, I know which way you are leaning. Um, do you think Lampard's going to lean that way? No, um, I, I don't. I think Lampard's set in his decision, and um, I think he's um, when he says that oh he'll be given opportunities to Mitchell, I think he'll be given like the, the pittance minutes mm. and um, just no, nothing significant as a. And why? 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 A Is it his training thing that's leaking out that he's trying to just be this taskmaster and have a club culture there and Mitchell? Oh. Or whatever I don't know what it means to be a bad trainer. Is it very individual? But is that it? I think it's possibly that. I think it's possible because if you look at Mitchie Anderson and the way he plays, generally speaking, I would say he's a very intense player. I think we, as we said last season, um, like when we were talking about our strikers, we said that Giroud is probably the most hardworking striker out of Morata, out of Higuain, etc. So he, he's. He's a hard worker, Giroud. He may not be getting around the pitch, like dashing around the pitch rapidly, but he will press and he will, um, I guess, put some pressure on defences. Um, that's not to say Michi doesn't do it, but to the level that Giroud does it, to the level that Abraham does it, probably not. However, like Dan said, like I always say, you always, as a manager, you should try and do your, your utmost to put your team in the best position to win. And by doing that, you need a striker that scores goals. Giroud, throughout his career, has never been a striker that scores goals. And as much as he brings others into play, he actually doesn't get that much assists. If you look at his numbers, Giroud does not get that many assists. So as much as he brings others into play... It's a fair point, but only this weekend, recent. Like, okay, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but there's a chest down to Pedro, edge of the box. There's a back heel to Kante yeah. at the near post. Yeah. Um, another little play through. Like, he's, he's a massive threat no, if we could surround him with scorers. To be honest, I'm, that's not to say that he's not a set master, because he does set people up. He, he does set, but I need more than that from my striker. I can't lie to you. And you need to bear in mind that you're setting for people that aren't really goal scorers. You're setting for person right. people that mm-hmm. scored two league goals a season. You're setting for someone Pedro, who's relatively inconsistent, albeit being a very good finisher. You're setting for people that aren't finishers. And so can, what's the point? And can you're I, setting yourself up for failure. And and can, and, and Michi set up Tino Andrian in in the under twenty three games as well. But no, but it's shameless. Yeah, no, I had I, someone <laughs> someone called that a Michi assist. I went back and watched but, it, but, and I was just like, but, that's propaganda. But no, from, I'm not so sure. so so onto the Michi for right. Yeah. So. Mitchy is evidently our best finisher. For me, clearly our best finisher. Um, most composed in front of goal 
and he knows how to sniff out chances and make a yard for himself to score goals. Now, See, I find composed a funny word for him. I think I, he's a good finisher. Say, I think he's got I, good instinct. When I but say I think there's a lot of times where he will lash it if, if given too much time. No, I, the, yeah. the reason why is when I say composed in front of goal for me, if I see him in a 1v1 situation, I think he's scoring. Like my, uh, my, my, my expectation is for him to score. Hitting the target, definitely think, hitting the target. Yeah, he's working keepers. And he may not, he may not score, but he'll work a keeper. Whereas uh, some strikers like Morata, when I see him throw on goal, and I'm like, yeah, he's not scoring. Yeah, he, he's not scoring I mean, now that they've agreed to pay the fee I don't think that name should ever be mentioned on this pod again <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll shudder when I hear it I'm not trying to not trying to go back to that summer which we won't touch too much but little note Zappa Costa now uh, on his loan to Roma is now <laughs> leaving the only remaining players from that summer window as Bakayoko who's yet to get a move but is on his way out and who else? Who else did we sign that summer? Rudiger. Rudiger. Rudiger's the only one that's really decent. And then we salvaged it a bit in January of Emerson and Giroud and so, Barkley. But Emerson's kind of come good almost by accident. He was signed as a, as a replacement, uh, as a backup. Sorry, Giroud was just like a good depth signer. It was never meant to be first choice. Barkley's Barkley and it was just going to be Barkley. That is the summer that should never, ever be replicated again. But anyway, we digress. We digress. Just a few words on Norwich. Um, sorry, before we get to a few words on Norwich, yes. um, Jerry, this training session, this open training session, I know these things can often be little PR exercises, clap, clap, wave, post for a few photos. People get to go in and see players and stuff. It's great. Um, I've been to two with two previous managers in the past, Conte and Mourinho. They couldn't have been more different. Uh, the Mourinho one, from what I remember, was Real drills. He didn't want to leave it as a wasted session. There was some good shooting work and circuits. Um, I remember vividly Makaleli being the sort of magic man, creating a lot of angles for everyone. Conte's one a couple of years ago was literally, I think it was like 12 v 12, pretty much around the centre circle with two 11 side goals, and then everyone clapped and went over. Um, wasn't there myself? Let us know, let listeners know any insight we can garner from that, anything that you noticed viewing, any personality traits, any set ups, anything you found interesting. Right, so, um, I mean, the session started off with, um, I mean, they warmed up and then it was a short, um, a small-sided game of keep ball. Um, and I think that's obviously where our squad really shines um, in a small-sided game with no goals. They were fantastic. Um <laughs> Zuma and Christensen looked good on the ball. Um, Pulisic was good. Um, Kovacic was bossing it, um, receiving the ball on half turn, turning out, spraying the ball. Um, unsurprisingly, William was pretty bad. Um, in, that, in that game, he kicked the ball out four or five times. Um, and William has been picked by the past three managers. So I thought, you know, maybe he doesn't perform on the pitch, but he's great in training. Um, and to be fair to him, he is just coming back from an injury. Um, and then they moved on. It does the, kind of look like Willie, just from that performance on Sunday, he didn't touch on it, but that was like a one out of ten. He does look like someone who's just a bit done and head is elsewhere, probably. That, I don't know. There's been contact books, but I don't know. That was definitely the worst cameo performance I've ever seen in a Chelsea show. And, yeah. I, and I've seen bad players, but that was definitely the worst. That was poor. Well, it looks like he uh, carried that right on into the training session, so that's good to see. <laughs> And then um, they moved on into um, shooting drills. So there were coaches, Jody and um, Frank in the middle. Um, the ball would be fizzed out to them. They'd set it and then 
it was a first time shot and I mean out of maybe 30 40 shots I'd say they scored five or six um that's not what we want to hear bro I thought you were coming with good news a few did hit the target but um I think there we go then it's all right what was very evident um is these players aren't necessarily bad players they're not necessarily bad at shooting um what they are bad at is is finding the goal. So um, I think it's maybe not uh, easily quantifiable quality, um, but when you're when you're faced with a keeper in front of you, it's not just important the type of um, how hard you hit, but it's also the, the kind of shot you select and how you move your body to to hit the ball, um, the detail in your shot. These are all things that maybe you take for granted in, in the great goal scorers like. Um, um, Bamiyang um, and etc. But a lot of our, a lot of the players in our squad just don't seem to have that that knack to find a goal. Um, what I will say though is Giroud had a, a couple of really good finishes. Um, he was probably the most consistent um, finisher. Hudson Odoi was because a bit, he's the best striker in our squad. But uh, I'll let you carry on. Hudson Odoi was a bit rusty. Um, Batshuayi actually, Batshuayi and Tani, I would say, were both quite disappointing in these draws. I think Batshuayi scored once. Um, and, I mean, I didn't play football to a particularly high level, but when I did play, um, my manager would be on us in these drills. Like, you had to be scoring, especially if you're a forward, you had to basically be tucking every every shot or at least getting on target. And I don't know whether it was the crowd or whether it was the sun or whether it was just the open, open training session, but it was just sloppy finishing. And um, I feel like that's something, obviously, Lampard's identified that we need to work on. Um and maybe this was an opportunity for the squad to show the fans that, you know, we're not this bad. Um, it, was, it was kind of a disaster. Um, it was very quiet after the, after the um, shooting drill. Um, and from then we moved to a crossing drill, which wasn't any better. I mean, hitting the movement ball was obviously harder than um, hitting a, um, a still ball. So, I mean, it was a bit worrying. Obviously, you've got to take it with, with a pinch of salt. I um, it, it is early on in the season. A lot of these players are, are finding their form. But um, one thing I will say is um, Pulisic, one thing that did worry me is he never really takes responsibility. Um, so when he gets the ball, and I think this is one of the reasons why he drifts in and out of games, when he gets the ball, he looks up and sees what's around him. And if there are no passing options, he doesn't he doesn't have that impetus. Um, whenever hudson Adoy gets the ball, there's, there's a... There's an audible, um, audible excitement, and it's not because he's doing anything crazy. It's because you know if there's if the defender gives him an inch, he's taking it. Whereas mm. Jerry, I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you of something. Just early doors, you might get some uh, online hate because we got accused of being anti-American for not thinking <laughs> that Pulisic was a guaranteed <laughs> I... Chelsea superstar. And to be fair, to an extent, I dislike a lot about America, but uh, I wouldn't put myself down as anti-American bias uh, in my football opinion um, just to, just just want to Norwich then with that in mind with with sort of again like maybe sloppy because obviously it's open session there is that caveat it's, it's more uh, a fun event but that sloppiness leading into Norwich um, can, I, can we go uh, back quickly just on the go on, go on. session just a couple of couple of pointers yeah. so of everyone that looked who, who looked the sharpest and a quick question on Hudson Odoi. Oh, hold on a minute. Wait, is this just, is this just to talk about Bashuai again? No, 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 no. no. I'm not talking about strikers. I'm talking about in general. And also, in terms of... Hudson, okay, okay, okay. How sharp did Hudson Odoi look? 
And was he um, was he playing aggressively? Was he training aggressively? Um, yeah, he was. He was. was, he was he, training he aggressively. quite sharpish. Um, he was training aggressively. He was. I mean, I was a bit worried watching him sprint about, but he was. He was getting involved as, as normal. He looks like he doesn't look like he's lost too much of a yard. Um, he was still good on the ball. It was just his finishing. He kept on scuffing a few shots. Um, Getting into good areas. I mean, he, he looked good. I wouldn't be too worried about him. Obviously, it is just in his early days. It's just, um, but he does. He How does close were you to um, the session, Jerry? Um, maybe five rows back, five or six rows back. Did um, Callum have a pen in his hand? Or? A pen? Yeah, to yeah. sign his deal. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't catch that one. He was like, a pen? <laughs> For what? On the pitch? He was really thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a pen, yeah. It was like a penalty? A penalty? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he did jump into the crowd afterwards, and he was swarmed by people. I mean, he looks like he looks like he's staying. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't strike me as someone who who, who wants to leave. Um, as for players who look sharp, um, I'd say Kovacic looked good. Zuma is looking more confident. I think the performance against Leicester was very important for him. Um, uh, the uh, Giroud looked good. Tammy. I can, you know what, Tammy, I can see why Lampard likes him because in, in the training sessions, I mean, he's moving around, he's he's doing a lot, he's passing and moving in. Um, the finisher's not quite there yet. He did miss quite a few chances, but... A question, how many chances did he miss? Because you said that, oh, yeah, Batchwai scored one, Giroud was good, and then you didn't say anything about Tammy. I was like, okay, interesting. But yeah, tell me, how many did he score? I, I don't actually recall him scoring any. Woo! <laughs> Ow! Jeez, that's a good one. You almost let that slip. Needs picked up on it. So we need to start Giroud again. Here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the I thing. Hear. I had to bring it back because yeah. it just clicked in my mind. I was like, hold on a second. Yeah. One, one minute? What's yeah. this? Yeah, slow it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you look at it, if you look at it quickly, we've played three games. not Two in the league, but we've played three games and we've scored one goal. One in three isn't good enough for a striker, but that's our team. One in three games. So this is this is a big problem because, um, and I feel like if he, at Tammy again, he didn't score in training. I know he had that one, people are holding on to that one time he hit the, the, the um, crossbar. Or whatever. That, it was a good effort. It was that, good. That, it was a good effort. But, a good and shot, but bruh, yeah. he hit the post. Yeah, and you can't, hang, you can't hang that on like three, I think he's played three games, like, so... Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and so, so I, I, oh, we know he's the rawest prospect. We know this. Pookie no, has four goals so in two games. That. It's not even that. So the thing is with, with me, when I talk about Tammy, yeah, my problem is that people say that he should clearly be first choice, and that's an issue. If, for example, you're saying, okay, no, he could, he should stick around, you know, be be first choice, get the odd game here and there. That's cool. That should be his role. But from you telling me that oh no he deserves an he deserves a chance that, that, that's fair that's fair however I'm well within my rights to say that he's not good enough regardless of the chances that you think that he should be afforded I'm well within my rights to look at him and say nah he ain't it. well within my you rights know, do you know I, I think I think um, what what Frank should have done in regards to Tammy is I think make him earn his place um, exactly and I think there's there's a thing with young players. Where I want them to play when it's so clearly obvious 
that's yeah. the best op- they're the best option for us. Um, yeah. I feel like you know Tammy's that sort of personality where he you know he wants to take the risk. He he, he wants to step up. up. And I feel like maybe maybe Lampard maybe this is Lampard's inexperience. Maybe he should have um, should just held him back a little bit. Let's get through the start of the season, and then maybe this game against Norwich would have been a great time for Tammy to get his first start. It, it was definitely something we mentioned last week, and that it's uh, um, it's maybe now there is a lot of mounting pressure just by I mean it's a bit of a baptism of fire. Um, he, he he was marked by Maguire. Lindelof is, is a good pairing for the league, but also there's the side disadvantage where he's going to get bullied by Maguire. Then he was up against Van Dijk in the Super Cup. Um, and then, yeah, Giroud got the start on the in the last game and he, he didn't look great on the break because we had such little control of the game. And the pressure is mounting. Obviously, he's responded fantastically well from the disgusting abuse he's got online. But there is an element now where I'm thinking, does he need protecting as a young player? As much as all the reviews say... By all accounts, he's the most confident young man. He's driven. There might need to just, I think, be a little bit of management now. We have three strikers. It wouldn't be dramatic to rotate them in in the first three league games. And I think that's where, I think that's where, yeah, arguably, Batshuayi should, I, I, for me, be the bench striker this weekend and get a good 30, 35 minutes if needs be. Maybe go two up top for whatever reason. And with Jury starting, I think it might be wise to protect Tammy a little bit. But just moving on, because of time, while... Chelsea can't get a finish for love nor money. Um, Norwich have a really good one up top. That was bad, yeah. isn't it? But, but um, I'm proud of it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see what Finland you're doing. Finland striker, is absolutely smashing it. Um, start of the season. Um, he got his hat-trick against Newcastle last week. First goal of the, of the season against um, Liverpool in the first, uh, first uh, match day. And Norwich, I'm going to sort of pose a question to you, Joe. I don't know how much you've seen, but while everyone's sort of saying, oh, Man United, Liverpool, Leicester, the hard games, his first three are up. Norwich, I think, from what I've I, I got to see them against Liverpool, didn't watch them against Newcastle, but from what I've seen, they could be a particularly difficult challenge just because of their style. Daniel Fart has them playing very expansive. Um, they've got wide players who come in and overload that central area where we're looking very, very vulnerable. They've got a clinical striker. They've got two inverted wide players who make runs inside the fullback and we see you know Spilicretta can really really struggle from that on the flip side whilst they did give Liverpool a real, a real problem um, they are looking potentially against the big sides too honest um, too up for it and a bit open what sort of game are you expecting this weekend? I think it's, it's an interesting one for me because I think where we're where we're strong you know is is centrally in terms of sort of retaining the ball and that but I mean Norwich for me I mean I've only seen them couple of times this season like on, on match of the day and I think I saw the Liverpool game they, they seem quite weak out wide and you know if we had uh, Hudson-Odoi maybe playing and, and, and let's say someone else in a bit of form I, I would have fancied this to actually been semi-comfortable going to this but I think that, that we've not looked too sort of dynamic out wide and, and as you say you know they're they're kind of playing the sort of fairly structured and that they've got tons of movement in behind and you guys know that I'm not I'm not huge with, with how we defend that that big sort of chasm of space in front of our back four, and that that does concern me because I think what we've seen at the moment, if, if I'm an opposition if I'm an opposition manager, I'm just looking at Chelsea and thinking I basically need to play either my my wingers either really narrow, have them cutting in, which is exactly how Norwich play, or just play sort of two number tens behind a behind a striker, get them the other side of Jorginho, get them the other side of Kovacic, and we are we you know we're, we're in a lot of trouble if that happens, and I think particularly how they've been playing, you know this. 
it, it could be a tricky game. You know, I think they're, they're weak defensively. I don't think they're fantastic at defending set pieces, but then, you know, neither are we. Um, you know, and, and they're not really that great, I think, at defending on the counter, but, you know, stuff that maybe we'd have been traditionally fairly good at maybe past couple of seasons. I, I don't think necessarily that they're, that we're almost kind of playing into their hands a little bit. You know, they're, this, this pooky guy up front is... It, we've been giving up decent chances during games as well. You know, they, they create a lot of chances through free balls and, and they've, they've got great sort of free kick takers and set piece takers as well. So it, it's a little bit concerning. I mean, again, you know, are we going to go in and see us sort of blaze the first 20, 30 minutes, maybe score, maybe not take our chances and then and then sort of regret it. But it's going to be a tricky one for me because I think whoever really wins that sort of midfield area, particularly for us behind us, um, I think that will that will dictate where the game goes. Um, Dan, do you, you know, think I we think, come out think, with guns, all think, guns blazing, or are we going to have to be a bit more humble like we have been against Liverpool and stuff? I mean, is that a good sign if we have to do that against Norwich? I think that we should um, come in. The, I think the Liverpool game is the happiest that um, Lampard's been with us, how we've played. So I think he should go back to that. I feel like Mount should come out of the midfield. I don't mind him playing. I feel like he should come out of the midfield. I think with Kova. Jorginho and Kante, we can match most teams in midfield in terms of intensity and all of that type of stuff. In terms of the striker... Well, I, think front foot though, Dan. Like, huh? I, I think that when we play that midfield, when we have to be the aggressors on the ball, that we do absolutely nothing. I think we're great playing good teams because I think Georgie and, and Kova can, can control things. But when we have to be on the front foot, I don't see enough. And I think that's why Lampard's playing that because he does I, have a goal. I get that, but that, that destabilises it. And it's not just against big teams. Like Leicester, again, aren't Liverpool. But I feel like the fact that Madison had such freedom, uh, I know it wasn't. It kind of came more in the second half, but we still have to think like against teams like Norwich. These are upset games. Like we need yeah. to make sure that we're stable in the midfield. The problem is an attack. Putting Mount in the midfield to solve our attacking problems, I feel like will cost us. So yeah, will, yeah. yeah, so I won't mind if Mount plays on the left because Pulisic isn't doing much most games. He'll pop up every now and again. Yeah. Uh, listen, his great assist aside and his great finish with that offside, he's done niche. I'm not mm. going to lie. Like, I've, I've, and I'm not one to try and write someone off immediately, but him, he, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't deserve an automatic start. Not an automatic start, but there is there is a lot of... There's not a lot. There's some promise there <laughs> for someone who's still only 20 there until, is. I think, next month. Um, although he looks 35, but it's still only 20. Coming from a league which isn't quite the level of the Premier League, coming off a bit of an injury average season, I think this is... Joe's alluded to it where they, they do come up high with the fullbacks. They really bomb on. I think this could be a game where he gets the space where he's effective. But, um, but what I would say is that he should have done more in the other games to earn that spot. I feel like his performances yeah. mean that he has to come out of the team, for me. Exactly. Like, at the end of the day... There's pretty much four positions up for grabs. So you've got the striker position, you've got right wing, you've got left wing, and you've got right back. I think midfield's pretty much done, pretty much solid, um, other than Lampard trying to force the Mason Mount thing. Mm. Um, but So that's five then, five positions you've got up for grabs. Pulisic, <laughs> if he's the guy that everyone thinks he is or people want him to be, then he should nail down that position. 
I remember a 21-year-old Eden Hazard coming to Chelsea, first game against Wigan, first term, spins out, assist, bang. Yeah, but we're comparing the price tag for a minute and everything like that. We're comparing a player who's got promise and he's shown glimpses of generational talent who's one of the most talented players we've ever had. Relax, let me land. First first of all, Eden Hazard, yeah, first game. Oscar, first game. Mata, first game. They're levels. And at the end of the day, whilst Hazard's generational, Oscar isn't. Matter isn't. Well, Matter was, was a, a, a top 10 in Europe at the time. Yeah. He was 24 oh, years old. He was established right. in La Liga. No, right. Oscar, Oscar comes up, escape smashes it, and then what? Your caveat was what? Generational talent. I, we're not talking about generational talent. Yeah, but it's fair. I'm saying Pulisic, I don't think, I think it's, it's, it's early and premature. And well, it, but, this is the sort of game, when we've talked about tactical weapon and okay. where he's, I think this is the sort of game where he could look... Yeah. Answer me this. Yes, you've got answer a trip to the Yes, answer me this. Yeah, yeah. Has Pulisic, has his performance level been significantly worse than Oscar's or Matter's? But has it been significantly worse? Yes or no? I'm not going to compare it to something three years ago. What I would say is Pedro and Mount. We've got we've got William doing one out of tens and not fully fit. <laughs> we've got Pedro Pedro uh, inconsistent. I love Pedro, but he's not he's uh, not been uh, quiet. Uh, uh, Maybe uh, okay. this amount of games is not but great. Pedro versus Pulisic. Okay, let's compare it on the left. But maybe pace wise isn't ideal to take away to take advantage of spaces left by bombing fullbacks. I'm, like you lot know my okay. position. Just compared to, compared to Matt. I don't think he's that effective. Okay, yes. I think he's, yes. I think he's got promise, and I think this is a game where he could be ideal cool. in terms of but cool. what sort of uh, opposition we're going to face. That is fine. The point of the fact of the matter is we're talking about earning the spots. Exactly. And what we're saying is has his performances merited him to start the game? Yes or no? It's a very simple no. In my opinion. I think Pedro and Mount have the better. Mason Mount because Mason Mount has shown that tactically he can play anywhere in the forward line or midfield. However, yeah, I, I don't I think don't you should destabilise your midfield for Mason Mount. That's, there's, a, there's a difference. I think Mount should play, but I would not destabilise the midfield for Mount. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know I hear it. I think, I think Pedro Pulisic is a conversation for this week. I think Mount and left would be interesting. My only thing I would say is, from what we've seen of Norwich, they have two bombing fullbacks. And what you want behind that is pace. And where Pulisic does frustrate me in the box already, um, I think... We've talked a little bit about, like, Man United, he came on for 10 minutes and all he did was pass back. Um, he, he needs a certain game, I think, to be effective. And I think this is one of the ones where it could be that. Yeah. One and, more question. One more question. And, and I do, I, I hear what you mean in terms yeah. of space in behind. And I think that he could be dangerous in that regards going forward. However, when it comes to actual work and defensive work, I don't think he's of the level of Mason Mount. So, again... I think Mason Mount will offer far more protection on the left-hand side to Emerson for Emerson than Pulisic would. So yeah, I, I think Pedro Pulisic is the conversation. But I, I think Mount on the left. But but I think uh, I think if we were savage, to, I think it's worth more of an experiment as well. I think, you know what? I, I I would love to see Mount on the right actually because um, one thing I will say that was evident in the um, in the training sessions is Aspilicueta really can't like he really struggles with crossing. Well, and I feel like maybe Mark might be able to add a bit of quality in his delivery um, from that right side. And, and, then, and then who would you turn the left? For some reason, Pedro's go-to move this year. Aspie's been bombing more than we've ever seen. And Pedro keeps cutting in for this left foot curler. Yeah, it's just not yeah. come off at all, ever. 
Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a balance issue there. So that could be interesting but, to look at. What I want to say forward. as well, quickly, obviously Rudiger played and apparently he's, he's declared himself fit. Rudiger can, can play right back as well. Another player that's been dropping stinkers along with Puli is Aspi. I think Lampard has kind of painted himself as this guy that is strong, that can make strong decisions. So personally, what I'd do, because I don't give a shit, I'd play Rudiger over Aspi at right back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I think they're playing. I think they're playing the political game of uh, waiting for Reese James and then saying, "Yeah, we trust him," and then he's going to stay in this place. I don't disagree. I think it'll be really interesting to do. He's played there for Roma, um, but yeah, I think I think they're going to play it safer. Unfortunately, because I needs a rest, bro. Like, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do, but people that we've said has hit him like an absolute ton of bricks. Bro, so I'm- just. Just, just to round up quickly on Norwich, we've talked a little bit about vulnerabilities against Leicester, um, where our kind of our, our fears are for Norwich. It could be almost the complete wrong to face right now. Do we have anyone with any strong predictions either which way for this weekend? I think it'll be a 3-1 Chelsea, just. And I think yeah. it's going to be tight for a period of time. They'll have a lot of chances to equalise, but I think we'll manage to kill off the game. And get a free one. I think, I'm going for a free two. I, I think I think it'll be a cracking game, honestly. Yeah, I think um yeah. I think I'm going for a free two, loads of goals, but I think we'll get the win. I think I think we have to, because Lampard will be under immense pressure if we don't. Well, that was my next question is let's say now, just to round up, obviously I was talking to a United brethren today um, and this Jaden Sancho issue came up about, oh, we're going to sign it. I was like, okay. And then I said, um, one game changer for United might be the proper manager they get in next year. He might want to play for He turned around to me and said, Lampard will be gone first. Now, I don't think that. I think there's a caveat of the transfer ban. I think no one really wants a job right now. I think they're going to give Lampard at least a year. But I'd be very interested to see 2-0 2-0 against Norwich, defeat, moving into the next, into the international break and beyond. Let's say we do lose this weekend. What sort of spotlight and pressure will Lampard realistically, realistically be under? Um, so, again, I think for him, regardless of results, I think the board are still going to back him. However, I think it will change him as a manager. I think that he will put pressure on himself and that will start hindering his decisions. I think that if he wins the game, I think he'll be a lot more, um, I think, consistent in his decision-making. Whereas I feel like if he loses the game, I think it will make him feel very, very worried. And the last thing you want is your manager. Because as the players, it will affect the other, it will affect players. You want a manager to be sure of himself. And if he starts losing to Norwich's mm. and yeah, newly promoted sides, I think it will affect him mentally. And um, that in turn could affect the players. And then I don't know what could happen. I don't think he will. I don't think he'll get sacked. I don't think. I still don't think he'll get sacked. But I, d- I don't think it'll be a good situation for him to lose that game, basically. You know what I, I think, think? I think all of these decisions we're talking about, potentially playing Rudiger. If he starts Mount in midfield, if he starts Pulisic, I think pressure should be on him if he loses because these small little details that you're not willing to take or that maybe you're getting wrong because maybe he's right, I don't know. But 
If you lose, then the pressure should be on him because those small details he's making are, are the difference between winning and losing. And I think I, that yeah, even, even if Chelsea want to protect him and saying they'll come out and say we're backing him, you can't stop it. The media will start talking about, talk sports start talking about, we'll start talking about, everything will rise. So it's tight already. And even though it's just two or three games, it's tight. Um, and the only thing that he could, the only way he can change it is by winning. And I think it's right for um, him to get punished for making the wrong decisions, if they are the wrong decisions. But I feel um, like it's, it's right for him to get punished because that's the only way he's going to change. I hear you. I do hear you. I do. So um, can, I, can I just ask, what are your, what are you guys' lineups for? What would you like to see? I'll let you go first, Yassine. Magaji Rue. Um, I think he got a goal. Um, sorry, got a goal against Liverpool in the Super Cup. Played some nice people in against um, Leicester. I think I think he's just a solid person to start with. I think Batshuayi I would name on the bench, either with Tammy on the bench or maybe with that little bit of protection element. Um, I think Mount's a very interesting shout. I think the Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante midfield did work really, really well. Uh, um, I I'd stick with the back four as is, just because I wouldn't want to rush really good back. Um, Zuma's been great. Zuma and Christensen as a partnership have grown into things. And again, I just, we'll see about Aspi, but I, my concern is mainly just if, if Rudiger is really fit, yeah, okay, but I, I'm not 100% if he will be under 23 football intensity. He's very, very different. So I'd stick back four as is. Jorginho, Kovacic, Kane, midfield. Um, I would, I'd be tempted to start, yeah, after today's discussion, I'd be tempted to start Mount and Pulisic. I'm a massive Pedro guy, but I don't think he's been hugely consistent. And I think over the season, we might just have to manage him a bit smarter. I think this is a potential breakout game for Pulisic, um, just in the spaces that could be left because of the way Norwich play football. But I'd, I'd like to see, if we are struggling for that goal, something to change. So whether that be Batshuayi, whether that be playing wide players more inverted, whether that be switching something up. But there needs to me, it's less about and more about the response to if we start seeing the same issues that have cropped up. All right. Um, for me, I'd start obviously Kepa in goal. Um, I don't want Aspie to play. If <laughs> if if um, Zappa Costa was still about, and even if he's still leaving, I would have played Zappa Costa, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> um, because Aspilicueta has literally been a detriment to, to the side since the start of the season. So, ideally, you don't want to keep playing people that are going to keep costing you goals. And, yeah, it's not good enough. And for all of the talk about our young players, you know, trusting the young players, you know, it's too much too soon. It's been Aspilicueta, the oldest player in our team, that has been consistently letting the team down. And he's been getting... I'm not saying he's been getting away with it, but I think the young thing is kind of not allowing the spotlight to be completely on him. Um, so I'd it's have... It's distracting for... Yeah, yeah it's distracting. Exactly. So I'd have Christiansen, Zuma. Um, again, like I said, I'd swap them around and have Christiansen on the left, Zuma on the right. Emerson, who's been our best player this season, and obviously... Um, I'd then have a midfield three of Kante, Jorginho, Kovacic. Midfield balance, quite solid... Very difficult to not necessarily break through, but you can control a game, and there's they offer protection for the back line. And then I'm going to have Mason Mount left midfield, um, 
I'd start Michi, but I don't think we're going to start Michi, so I'd start Giroud, and then I'd have Pedro on the right. Yeah. Right. yeah. My lineups is exactly the same. But So you had Rudiger right back, right? No, no, no. Well, I, <laughs> I wish, but I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm thinking about more, more about what I think Lampard will do, For less real. about what I would do. For real, I don't, so, I, I don't care what Lamps would do, but just generally, I'd have the same thing. But I'd have Rudiger, and I'd definitely have Mount and Pedro. And just quickly on to Yas, I can't, I can't believe you're saying Pedro's been inconsistent, <laughs> and I you're saying you'll play Pulisic. Yeah, I think no, it's more about management. I think Pedro is just mm-hmm. someone who will be effective over the season if he's managed properly, and I think this is a game that could suit Pulisic. Yeah, I will, Pulisic, Pulisic can come on with the pace at the at the end, but he's not really doing. I, this is what I'm saying. What what Mead's is saying, you can't reward people for poor performances, whether it's as or Pulisic, because what are you encouraging? My, see, my problem is I don't see anyone outside the three players who's played their way into a team. No, but I feel like Pedro has been, like, in terms of form, if we're talking, I know it hasn't been great, but I think Pedro hasn't been that bad. In terms of what no. he's off the ball and on the ball, no, he's actually I, been... No, he I hasn't think, been awful. He I hasn't been awful. I think he's been significantly better than Pulisic. Exactly. Significantly. Yeah. So, so I'm rewarding form. I, 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 think, I think, just quickly, Pedro, um, my, my, my concern with Pedro is there's something that um, um, the pundits touched on in the, in the game against United is... It's not so much his form, it's just his attacking mistakes that he makes. Sometimes there'll be a player open for like two or three seconds and the pass can easily be put through. Yeah, he just makes yeah, the wrong yeah. decision. Yeah. Uh, for, some, for someone of his, his experience, it's just like, yeah. there's so many situations that break down with him. I, and I, I, just get feel that. Like, I get that, Jerry, but what I'm saying is he's more visible and he's, more, he's doing more than Pulisic. So even if he's making the wrong decision, at least something's happening. He's making something happen. Pulisic is not the. I mean, Pedro is not the answer. I'm. I'm with you, but Pulisic isn't even a question at this point. Kind of <laughs> like this is what's pissing me off. So that's my. That's my kind of view on it. Anyway, I just want. I want to put our best. I don't care if it's Norwich. I'm not taking chances. I'm putting my performance on the pitch. So that Liverpool midfield, they done well. They're playing. Mount's been good away from like. Being in the midfield, midfield three, Mount's been good, so he's playing. Pedro's been good enough; he's playing. I, I don't even mind Giroud starting because I think he's done good. He's done good work, but just not Tammy. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, exactly. I hear you. I, 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 that's the thing. See, I'm not fully against Giroud player. Uh, so yeah, I fully, fully hear you. It's all about getting the best players or the people that are in the most form on the pitch. It's so simple. Full stop. Joe, I just um. If 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 my lineup would be um, obviously Kepper and goal, Emerson, he's been fantastic. Um, Zuma, Christensen, just just quickly, maybe to play devil's advocate, maybe the reason I thought Zuma was playing on the left is because he's a bit quicker than Christensen. So maybe because Emerson's bombing forward, maybe Zuma's pace could help recovery. I don't know. Um, and uh, I would play Asby just because we have no one else. Uh, Georgina, Kovacic, Kante, and if we're put- Drew it up front and put him out on the right just to whip the ball in, just keep on delivering to Drew because um, he, he thrives off service. Um, and then I'd have, unfortunately, Pulisic try and make use of his pace um, in behind. And uh, I'd go with that. Cool. Pulisic. Well, what I can hope for is that whoever this 11 is, they uh, put the ball in the goal. Um, the ball in the, the goal. Ball going in the other goal. 
And we can not have to have this doom and gloom conversation about this pressure and, and everything else and can can finally get our first win of the season. Um, we're wrapping up now in terms of time. So unless anyone has any sort of concluding comments. Um, one concluding comment. It's going to be yeah. a tough game, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, it's almost like the like, per- I feel like Pulisic is going to get oh, hacked. Right. They play good football. Listen, they play good football and they've got a striker that knows how to net. Ah, oh, mate, I'm, I'm not confident in that. Yeah, man. I'm not, I you, you said 3-1 about No, but that's what I'm saying. I said that it's going to be a tight game, a 2-1, and okay, they're okay. going to have loads of chances and we're just going to manage to nick another one to seal the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's thinking 2-2, so that's I'm not even trying to be... I think, I think it's... A, Score draw. But, yeah, um, that's worked up away entirely. It could be a yeah. two. They can they can nick that last minute goal. Like, like we'll see. Man. I, I, I think it's gonna be a stressful match for us, us as fans. Uh, it's gonna be. It's definitely, they're gonna have a lot, a lot of chances, and I think it's gonna be a game of um, who who takes their chances. And obviously, <laughs> obviously what, what's concerning is they have a striker and we don't. So, so it's gonna be uh, a game of who takes their chances, and it's us. 3.1% conversion rate against Norwich. <laughs> you have a striker who's got four and do and have the most shots on target out of anyone in the league tied with Manchester City. Jesus so, Christ! Um, so, <laughs> fantastic to hear. Thanks for that, Jerry. I'm going to now be very upset until the weekend passes and, and we'll see what happens. But, um, listen, that's that's us for this week. That's all we've got time for. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're Locking in at the same time next week, late on the Thursday, early on the Friday upload. This has been Chessy Hour, Puff Slam Practice. Peace. There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with Black Friday prices inside and out. Like artificial Christmas trees starting just $39.98 or outside lights and playful inflatables to bring joy to the neighborhood. Order holiday decor online and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating improved with an assortment of holiday decor plus free online delivery from homedepot.com. How doers get more done while supplies last. Sports Social Podcast Network.